0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my wife Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? What's been a good week here? It is February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine, and this is the first time we pressed record this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I have multiple attempts at beginning this today. Oh We'd God. never do that.
0: I had I mean we well, we we would though. We would we would make sure that the show is the best <laughs> possible product for you to consume. That's what this is all about. Yeah. I mean making products to consume
1: and not having mute on that's that's always a plus too. It yeah,
0: is a plus, yeah. yeah. Not being distracted is a plus.
1: Lots of pluses. <laughs> You know what would be a plus, but is today a negative?
0: What? What's a negative?
1: That I have a cold.
0: Yeah, she does. Why would that be a plus?
1: (laughs) Well, because the plus would be not having a cold, but then I... Hell yeah, I've got a cold. (laughs) I said too many words.
0: (laughs) We've finally done it, everyone. We got her to say too many words. We did it. After five plus years, she said too much.
1: Oh, now I'm done.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, speaking of done, though, Carol, hmm. let me, uh, let me, let me pull up this story for you. Paper, paper, paper. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly which one's going to come up first, but, oh, yeah, okay. The X-Files. Or, I mean, Xena. That's what I meant. Zena's kind of like the X-Files. It starts with
1: that. Uh, no, not in any way. No,
0: I mean, like, she's, it's the X-Files. It's the Zena sure, files Okay. Xena, Warrior Princess. She she's riled up some Hindus.
1: Why? What happened
0: in her latest episode? The image of Zena Warrior Princess cozying up with Indian deity Krishna oh. has failed to amuse numerous Hindu groups. Yeah, that was ar- Around the country, <laughs> that are downright furious about an upcoming episode of the hit adventure series. The episode features Lord Krishna engaging in fictional activities. Helping Zena save her lesbian... As
1: opposed to, like, real-life activities?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You mean Xena's not a documentary? <laughs> Helping Zena save her lesbian lover, says Trusta Krish- Krishnada's press secretary at the World Vish- Vishnava Association... Who adds that the fictionalization of Krishna is an insult to Hindus everywhere because they it's, yeah. it's fictionalization. I
1: mean, I can see that. Like, I don't think like Christians would love it if they were like, hey, let's throw Jesus in Xena uh, the warrior princess and have them snuggle.
0: Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like, we'll help save your lesbian love- lover, but first, <laughs> snuggles.
1: You know, what's awful is, like, I, I used to love the show, and I kind of dropped off watching it, and I didn't even know she had a lesbian lover. Yeah. Is it Gabrielle? Now I need to watch and find out, because... Oh, my God. I, I kind of always wanted that to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Just saying. it. beacon under the hood, I guess, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I never watched Xena with you, so... Uh, Contrary to popular belief, people, we do watch separate things sometimes. We do, yeah.
1: We have separate interests and in everything.
0: No, I mean, like, we, we're we joined at the hip, I think.
1: I mean, we do live outside of this room sometimes. It's not much. Every but, once in a while, yeah.
0: we do something. We do. Every once in a while, we have a conversation off-tape, off off-air. Uh, <laughs> off it's pretty rare. Uh, you know what else is pretty rare, though? Steak. Fat. Fat. Fashionable things happening in in New York City. Uh, I don't know. New York City 99. uh, It's the fall winter fashion show. Uh, Menswear splits between stark utilitarian and cheerful, colorful clothes. So we've got uh, the Pele Pele look. Uh, Designer Mark uh, Buck Buchanan of Auburn Hills went the colorful route with his Logo-laden collection, uh, all the Pella, Pella stuff.
1: So there's a designer from Michigan who's part of the New York Fashion Show? Yeah, you got it. That's
0: cool. Good it. for him. Then there's, uh, you know, Kenneth Coles. I do not. Uh, DKNY with a, a giant, giant sweater. A giant sweater? Yeah, look, see? see the, this dude is swimming in the sweater. Oh, yeah.
1: Nautica. I recognize Nautica
0: and uh, Maurice Malone, which looks like this guy looks like a he looks simultaneously like a hitman who has decided to double as a male stripper because those those are tearaway leather stripper <laughs> pants, a hundred percent, aren't they? And but I'm sure he, they cost three hundred dollars. But then he's wearing button up a button up shirt with a tie. Uh-huh. And a collared shirt with a tie, but it looks like he's got a gun harness around him. Wow, That's
1: quite the uh, fingerless gloves. Yeah,
0: I love fashion. Even fashion for the uh, for the men now are a bunch of stuff you'd never see a guy wear on the street. This pella, this pella pella thing, I could see somebody wear that outfit because it's jeans, a t shirt, and a leather jacket. You know, big baggy jeans. As is the fashion mm-hmm. but you, do you, do you have a pair of uh, jeans with the the giants uh, bottoms you know like the giant uh, cuffs at the bottom or whatever I don't know
1: about giant I have some that are like medium I, w- I wouldn't I would trip on giant I mean my pants drag on the floor because I'm so
0: short so. I had I have one pair I had one pair of jeans last year that were like that mm-hmm. but not for me. I know a lot of people that wear the big giant jeans where everything's falling down and and stuff like that, but not for me. Also something that might not be for me, Carol. Hmm. Uh, Are you aware that Pentium has come out with a new chip? No. Is it too smart? Because protests are greeting it. What? Computer chip IDs its owner. And that raises howls. That's stupid. Personal computers with the fastest new Intel microprocessor available hit the market on Friday over the protests of consumer groups. They said Intel's Pentium 3 chip, which acts as the computer's brain, contains an insidious route into its owner's privacy. Each of the new chips has a unique code that identifies the chip and therefore the computer it is built into. Okay. Intel announced the feature in January saying that it would add security in such dealings as internet banking and commerce, where both the seller and buyer want to know exactly with whom they're dealing. That makes sense. But groups like the Center for Democracy and Technology argue the chips allow website owners or government agencies to track the websites visited and transactions done by particular PCs, thereby invading owners' privacies. Ooh, so then they could, like, you know how you get pop-up ads and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I hate that.
0: Um, they could target pop-up ads for what you like to buy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It, that doesn't know. seem that insidious to me, but yeah.
1: I mean, it's they're talking about the invasion of privacy. Like, what are you worried that they're going to see that you watch porn? Because guess what? <laughs> Everybody watches porn. It's wow. okay.
0: You're outing yourself right now. Um... No, it's, uh, I, I, so maybe this is dumb of me, or maybe this is really, really smart of me, but I look at the internet as a public forum, as a public place. Uh I don't, I don't think that I have an expectation of privacy on the internet. Really? Not really, no. Even in your own home? No, because I'm not in my own home. When I'm in cyberspace and I'm in the surfing the world wide web i'm out in the world
1: but you're still in your own home
0: no i know but it's like it's like a pu- it's a public forum right they're they're everyone is there talking to each other and stuff like that
1: yeah i mean i see that but i mean like you're only putting out there what you want to put out there to who you want to put it out there to.
0: too well, that's what i'm saying like you you have to be careful about what you put on the internet I'm just saying
1: you may not want the people who own this chip or whatever to be privy to all of the stuff that you're putting out there for specific people.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I just, I don't, I think it's better if everyone just goes in with no expectation of privacy for the internet.
1: Sure. I mean, I can see that too.
0: Now, what about Marilyn Manson and Rose them? McGowan?
1: Are they together?
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about that when we talked about job Oh,
1: yeah. It's so fucked up though.
0: It is fucked up. A fun rock couple, Marilyn Manson and Rose McGowan, that's a bit of editorializing, kind of of reenacted for cameras in L.A. last weekend, the Kennedy assassination. What? All for art. They were filming a video for Manson's song, Coma White, from the Mechanical Animals CD. Manson is shown sitting next to McGowan in a pink suit and matching Jackie-style hat, Manson's bandmates serve as secret service agents. Witnesses say the shoot included barely-dressed women, transvestites in G-strings, heavily-tattooed folk, and a man on stilts portraying the clientele at Jack Ruby's strip joint? No taste, you cry? Director Samuel Bayer said the shoot was bloodless, adding, We didn't feel like it was appropriate to actually act out the assassination. Good. That's not what conspiracy theorists say, Sam. What? I don't know. it's a, another bit of editorializing right at the end. That's what you want to do. Editorializing at the beginning and at the end and then facts in the middle, I guess.
1: I, I guess. I don't get the end, though. That's okay.
0: I don't know either. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. With, I know conspiracy theorists about the JFK assassination, sure, but I don't know what you're talking about. Who's with Sam? The director. Oh. The director of the music video. Oh. That they were filming. Okay. Where Rose McGowan was Jackie Gay.
1: Do I have to read the story again? <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I got it.
0: <laughs> um what do you think about that? What do you think about Marilyn Manson's music? I like Marilyn Manson's music. Wow. I'm not a fan.
1: I know. But I am I enjoy it. <laughs> it's got like I mean I don't like love every song or whatever, but you know, some of them are, are pretty decent. Like yeah. uh beautiful
0: people. Sure. They did that uh, remake of um, "Sweet Dreams," didn't they? Mm-hmm. Sweet dreams, are I like that made too. Of these.
1: I mean, the original is great, but this is like the darker version.
0: Yeah, it's it's all faux dark shit, though. It's dumb. I just I don't I don't buy him okay. as a real dark person.
1: I don't need him to be a real dark person to enjoy his songs.
0: You know, he was also Paul from the Wonder Years, right? He grew up to be Marilyn Manson.
1: Really, he was the dork. Oh, what the fuck?
0: That's an urban legend that goes around. Like how Mark Paul Gosler started doing uh, steroids and died. I didn't hear that one either. Yeah, that's that's another urban legend that goes around. Huh? We did the show Urban, or the movie Urban Legend. Yes, we did. Uh, A names and faces I-team report. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. (laughs) What's an I-team? Martha Plimpton, seen in Parenthood, and just opened, and the just opened two hundred cigarettes, which we were going to see, but then we didn't see because we saw the movie that we saw this week. Mm-hmm. Reports that sexual harassment is thriving in Hollywood. Actresses often must pretend not to know what they're talking about, she says, to impress directors. She finds herself dumbfounded that they're still patting actresses and calling us baby.
1: So, I'm sorry, how does pretending you don't know what you're talking about impress them? Like, I get that that might be the expectation and how they want you to behave, but it's certainly not impressive.
0: No, to, like, to, okay, maybe impressed is the wrong word, but to, like, you know, appeal to directors. Yeah,
1: or appease their egos. Mm
0: -hmm. When you don't return their flirt, actors become very sexually aggressive. It's like retarded, she says.
1: Oh, that's a lovely word there. Are you serious right now?
0: So I'm just reading the quote, Carol. But like, bitch. Uh oh, wow. She's reporting very seriously about sexual harassment. And she's it, saying it,
1: it's like retarded. Are we share from Clueless? And like, how about think about people's feelings? Like that's not okay word.
0: Okay, I agree with you. But I kinda of like how you keep looking at the paper. <laughs> Like, she's going to spring out of it so that you can beat her up. She's a bitch. I'm sorry.
1: She was in the Goonies. I don't care. She's still a bitch. Being in the Goonies does not
0: excuse her. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Like, I like how you gloss over everything that she said and all the implications of that to just focus on this.
1: I don't know. I guess uh, my cold is making me a little. Uh, oh my god! Angry. Yeah, you're irritable today and aggressive.
0: Oh. Speaking of angry and aggressive and retarded, we. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> oh my god! I've never seen hypocrisy in real time <laughs> like that. <laughs> we watched the other sister.
1: Well, I'm sorry. I would like, no, if you use it correctly, it's
0: (laughs) okay. That's the correct way to use it. If you use it correctly for an awesome joke. Oh, my God. Oh, that was hilarious. Anyway, so we watched Juliette Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi in The Other Sister.
1: Okay, so Juliette Lewis in this movie... I'm so impressed by her.
0: Yeah, yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I totally would believe that she is mentally rich-hearted, which is,
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, okay to say. Sure. I think. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I- like, seeing her in other things, like when we saw her in that vampire movie, right? Like, you know, she it's like night and day. What, what vampire movie did we see her in? Um... Mm, with the feet. Remember, there was a whole thing with their feet. Oh, um,
0: yeah. Um, uh, it, was a, it was out of sight. No, it was. No, it uh, was dusk dusk till til dawn. dawn. Yeah. <laughs> From dusk till dawn. That's right. I forgot. She was and a natural born bird. killers. She was a natural born killer. <laughs> <laughs> That's but Swedish for bear. Bjorn.
1: How did I mean, like, how does she do that with her face? We're like, all you do is like, look at her and, and like, you can see that she's supposed to be delayed or whatever. Sure. And, like, in a normal day, she doesn't look like... Like, how do you do that? Like, it's impressive. And I mean, just like Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, he mm-hmm. did the same thing. Like, did he? I, I'm just... I find that uh, really impressive.
0: Interesting. So what did you think of the movie, Carol?
1: I really liked the movie. It was very emotional mm-hmm. and entertaining. What did you think of the movie? I
0: thought this movie fucking sucked.
1: Did you really? No.
0: But, okay, I have problems with the movie. Okay. First of all, I don't think anyone that wrote the movie... The movie was written by Gary Marshall and uh, Bob Brunner, I think his name is. Um, uh, He worked on Happy Days, and he worked um, on a lot of other shows, The Odd Couple, and shows that Gary Marshall produced. So Gary Marshall obviously famously produced a bunch of television shows, Laverne and Shirley, uh, I think Mork and Mindy, because that was an offshoot of of, uh, Happy Days. Uh, Happy days, uh, probably most famously mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the Bob Bob burner or whatever his name is wrote uh, wrote that episode where Fonzie jumps over the shark.
1: <laughs> oh my God, which has now
0: become a thing like a um I saw a thing on the internet there are jump over the shark moments or something like that uh, and it's a list of different shows. And at what point they started to go downhill. Okay. Because people think that that moment uh, is emblematic of when Happy Days started to go downhill. Sure. Anyway, they wrote this movie together and Gary Marshall directed it. Um, I don't think either of them know anything about uh, mental retardation or uh, developmental delays or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Because... And these two characters mm-hmm. are they're they're like i don't i don't know exactly even how to, to they're like wind-up monkeys basically right where it's l- where it's like they say the perfect thing at the perfect time everything is comedically timed it's like they're, you know what I mean? Like, everything is timed for tension, drama. There's... Isn't I, that just good writing? No, it's bad writing because I don't, I feel the artifice in it. I don't feel a lot of realism. I think that that their portrayal of these kind of uh, mental impairments uh, is, it's surface. It's like... It's not the reality of what this is like. This isn't Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. Okay. Studying what uh, people with uh, severe um, uh, autism, right? That's what he has. Or, you know, I don't remember. Because he's a, he's a, what they used to call an idiot savant. For. Sure. Okay. But uh, the, like, it's not like that, where it's like a very realistic portrayal of that. This is, and I'm talking about the writing now. It's all written very like, like, who who came up with sex? I think it was Madonna. Like, you know, ha ha ha, it's a funny line. But it's not, I don't know, I just, I didn't find it, I didn't find it realistic to what mental retardation is actually like in real life. That's one. Uh, it has the nuance of, like, Tom Hanks playing uh Forrest Gump, basically. Which I also don't think is a realistic portrayal of what looks sure. like. But he's not he's on the cusp, so at least that's man maybe both of them are, I don't know. It's a little more acceptable as he's on that cusp. They they point that out in the movie. Um so that's one. Two, I was slightly disappointed how much of uh like paint by numbers this movie felt. Huh. It's a romantic comedy and the twist is—I mean, it is. It, it has all the it has all the uh, the hallmarks of a romantic comedy movie. If you if you break down, if you if you strip away all the elements and you break down the the three act structure, the plot plot point by plot point, it's a romantic comedy. There's not as much comedy in this. It's more drama. It is very much, but it's a romantic comedy plot point by plot point. Um. And it felt, but the the twist is is that the, the two, the romantic lead in the movie, is mentally handicapped, and it felt a little paint by numbers. Like I said, uh, I wanted it to be a, maybe slightly more innovative, um, and it's it's rushy to me. Especially the beginning. There's some, there's some pacing problems in the movie to me because the beginning is rushy. So, like, to kind of... I mean, obviously, hopefully you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, before I get into all the rest of my problems with the movie, I will say I do think it's probably worth seeing. So go and see it if, uh, if you want to. Pause this Probably
1: tape. worth seeing. It's an incredibly charming movie. It is very worth seeing.
0: Okay. Well, let me get to it. So the plot of the movie is that uh, Diane, uh, what's her name? You know Keaton. Yeah, Diane Keaton and uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the other, the guy from Picket Fences, the, the cop from Picket Fences. Yeah, I don't I can't remember his, his name, name either. Tom Skerritt. Uh, Tom Skerritt and Diane Keaton are parents to three daughters, two of which are quote unquote normal, I guess. And then the other one has, you know, mental retardation. Uh, she is, has become a problem. They're rich, like really rich. Right. And she's become a problem, I guess. She's probably, would you say, maybe eight or nine? When this Mm, happens? I
1: I was thinking more like 10 or 11, but yeah, somewhere in there.
0: I'd go with 10. So uh, they send her away to school, to a special school.
1: Because she pushes a boy down the stairs of their house because he was making fun of her.
0: And she almost set the house on fire with the other girls in there.
1: She says that. that. She
0: says that during her rant. Oh, yeah. Uh, So anyway, they send her away to a private school where for some reason... There's very, very limited family interaction. And then when she's either 17 or 18, because it's like high school she's graduating from, when she's either 17 or 18, she gets to go home.
1: But she doesn't actually graduate from high school. They give her a certificate of completion, which I think is kind of bullshit.
0: Yeah, but she is able to go to a college-type school. So maybe it was like
1: a GED. I don't know.
0: I don't know. She got some sort of equivalency. It's a special school. But, like, they they sent her away and everything, right? So... She comes home, and this happened. All this happens in the first maybe twenty to twenty-five minutes of of the movie, of the two two-hour and ten-minute-long movie. She wants to go to school. She's like, she comes back and she's like, I really want to go to, to college, vocational school. Uh, her mom's like, no, and then finally her mom's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> she meets a boy. Her mom's like, no, you shouldn't be hanging out with boys. And her mom's like, okay, you can hang out with boys. Uh, I want to get my own apartment because this guy has his own apartment. Uh, No, you shouldn't get your own apartment. Okay, you can get your own apartment. Um, So those three things happen in the space of the first like twenty minutes. Like this is like growth that should be happening throughout the the movie. You know what I mean? Like I think this stuff should have been more spaced out. I, I, Everything happens, like, bang, 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 and then we slow down.
1: I guess. I mean, I feel like they were setting up the stage for the romantic comedy, basically, and that's why they put so much backstory in the beginning, so that then they could play out in the situation that you're describing.
0: Yeah, I understand. I understand what they're doing. I just, I think it's too, I think it's too fast. I think the, I think it, it creates pacing problems with the, the movie.
1: But this movie was over two hours long. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted it to be any longer. I
0: don't No, I wanted the elements to to stretch for more of the runtime. Like instead of all this stuff happening in the first twenty minutes, I think it should happen slowly throughout the two hour runtime.
1: But that would make it a whole different movie where it's more about this character and it's more of like a drama maybe, but than a romantic comedy. You're talking about changing the movie entirely
0: no i think these background elements are things that can happen while the romantic stuff's going on you could even use it to highlight how this romance is allowing her to grow more as a person and he could be growing more as a person too
1: yeah you don't see a ton of growth from him at all
0: no and and i think that's i think that would be and, and then when you have the 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 obstacles to it like the mom I think we'd be more on their side of like, well, th- th- this is helping. Like, this is helping them. Like, love is, you know, more powerful than whatever genetics. Like, this is uh, this is helping them grow as people and stuff like that. And the mom's being a real bitch. I mean, like, you get the mom's being a bitch for yeah. sure. Yeah,
1: She is not a liked character.
0: But I, so I think that's, that's one of my problems with it, too. However, now for the the compliment sandwich, uh, I guess, I guess... Well, hey, you're doing com- it backward. Yeah, compliment. It's like a, it's a compliment open face sandwich. <laughs> um, The movie works. For me, the movie works anyway. Uh, I saw Roger Ebert get excoriated this. Film. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. Um, But the movie works for me. So I disagree with him on this. The movie works for me because Juliette Lewis, uh, Giovanni Ribisi... And Diane Keaton are all so fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Uh, We get Poppy Montgomery as one of the sisters, the blonde one that's getting married. She was in uh, Dead Man on Campus, which we saw last year. And then someone named Sarah Paulson in, uh, I've never seen her before, but she plays a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Um, Which also to me is sort of shoehorned in there a little bit. Just because we don't get a lot of it, but I guess we don't get a lot of anything from the other sisters anyway.
1: I mean, the one sister getting married; that's kind of the background of the movie. And then the lesbian sister—it's like another way to showcase how this family is so unaccepting and, yeah. you know, uh, trying to pigeonhole the daughter. Yeah,
0: the family's definitely—it's old money, kind of like you know, stuffy attitudes. Like, I mean, Tom Skerritt does always look like he belongs on a yacht. But um he's got that, that great grey hair, you know. Uh but yeah, like Diane Keaton it does a fantastic job as this just like uptight patriarch. Everything has to be everything's for appearances, you know. What are the people at the club going to think, you know, and all this shit and everything. Like that's that's who she is and she embodies that. And that's that's a real person. Mm-hmm. Like that there are real people like that out there.
1: That is a scary thought, but I know that's true. Um.
0: So, but yeah. So, she's she's doing a great job, and Giovanni Ribisi and Juliette Lewis, their portrayal, I think is is good. Uh, I think it's mostly respectful of you know people with mental retardation. Uh, like I said, I as written, I don't think it's super authentic, but what they're doing brings a real like charm and gravitas to the whole thing. And I think it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's good because the, the movie hangs on their portrayals, especially Juliet Lewis's. And it works because of that, because of how great of a job the three of them are doing.
1: The, I, I agree. I think the acting is a big part of what makes the movie work. And, I mean, I do think it's a little, I don't know, uh, pie-eyed, maybe? Yes. like that's
0: a, good, that's a good way to put it.
1: I don't feel like it's realistic that right. these two people, especially as young as they are, mm. would be able to come together and make a life together and that we're supposed to just believe that that's going to work out.
0: Well, you said we're... <laughs> Walking out of the theater, I give it six months, which I fucking died laughing at. But I don't agree. As written, I think they'll be married for the rest of their lives.
1: Oh, no. Like, they've had, like, two fights, and one of them resulted in him, like, going halfway across the country. Uh, They do not
0: (laughs) know. It wasn't his choice.
1: They don't know how to fight without breaking up. And, like, just because they're married, I don't know if that's going to really, like, prevent them from being like, you know what, fuck you, I don't want to be with you anymore. She especially has an explosive temper. Yeah, that's true. And I just, like, I don't see them being able to tolerate each other as much as they may love each other. I don't think that they're going to make it work. And like her mother said, I don't think he can take care of you. Yeah, I don't think he can either. And unless mom and dad are gonna like just funnel well, the money for the of rest of their they life, they are—they're rich. Well, you know that wasn't a given. They didn't pay for the wedding. You know,
0: like he wanted to, dad wanted to. Yeah, she said she insisted. I don't.
1: I understand that, but the mom was very unsupportive. So like up until the mom decided to be accepting, I was thinking like they're gonna die on the street. <laughs>
0: But see, you're bringing reality into this movie, and this movie isn't reality. So Gary Marshall directed uh, Pretty Woman and uh, Exit to Eden. Um, trying to think what else he direct- directed. You know, movies like that. He direct movies. The movies he directs are fairy tales. He's very into nostalgia. the The soundtrack of this with the the upbeat like. Uh, you know, kind of like rock, easy listening, adult contemporary hits and stuff like that. That's very Gary Marshall. Uh but you know, like because in Pretty Woman they play the song Pretty Woman.
1: I love that. I love that movie. I love that song.
0: Um, but so like this is all very Gary Marshall. But you know, like you would think like prostitute, rich dude, or whatever, right? Like that's not going to last either. But it's it's Cinderella. That's that's what. That's what Pretty Woman is. Yeah, and this is also a, a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale world with fairy tale characters. That's why I think like people, some of the critics, uh, Roger Ebert included, that are ripping this movie apart don't get it. They don't understand what Gary Marshall's doing here. This is it's. This isn't reality. Mm-hmm. You're bringing reality into the ending of this movie. You're saying, well, after this movie's over. Reality is going to come crashing down and they're actually mentally handicapped and, and they can't take care of each other or like, you know, whatever. And like they they're not going to grow as a couple or whatever, like they're going to stagnate or whatever, because it, it's hard for them to learn things. And, and because that's part of it and everything. But you're bringing all this reality into it. And the movie is not interested in reality at all. Yeah. As written As the world they exist in, they'll be they live happily ever after. That's what it is. Okay.
1: If you say so.
0: I'm just saying as the movie's conceived, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what both of them are thinking and they lived happily ever after. Might as well be the last line of this uh <laughs> of this because that's that's exactly what it is. Uh in reality, yeah, I don't in reality, I don't even th- I don't even think they get to the 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 um the wedding, the chapel, you know. Yeah. Uh but th- this ob this movie obviously takes insp- some inspiration from the graduates, which uh you with which they watch several mm-hmm. times in in the movie. Uh but yeah, I um and you know, the graduate has that dower kind of ending. Um where he interrupts her wedding and then they get on the bus and stuff and then it's like oh, what now? Like <laughs> what are we gonna do?
1: I've never seen it. So it's a good movie. Isn't it Mike about like, Nichols? She's like a grown up and he's like 17 or something, or?
0: A grown-up. She's <laughs> Anne Bancroft, first of all, is the she you're referring to, and that's not the she that, who's wedding Arabs. Um, uh He's just graduated. He's, uh... He's, from high school or college? I think... I want to say... I think college, okay. but it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But He's very young. I'm pretty sure college. Uh, he's very young, or whatever, but yeah. Um... He's dating a girl, and then the girl's mom seduces him. He ends up having an affair with the girl's mom. Mm-hmm. That's the plot of the well, movie. I
1: know that's the plot of the movie, but the ending where you're talking about interrupting the wedding, I don't know. It's the
0: wedding of his the original, the daughter.
1: Okay. So they go off together, and he'd been sleeping with her mom. Yes. And now they're supposed to make a life together. Yes. Uh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah. So that's
0: that's it's a very good movie though. We should watch it at some point. Okay. But um right after we watch He Said She Said with Elizabeth Perkins and uh and Kevin Bacon.
1: Okay. I'll I'll watch whatever.
0: You know Jewish people can't watch Kevin Bacon's movies.
1: Oh my god. That's racist. <laughs> racist.
0: against <laughs> okay, it's Kevin Bacon's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, <laughs> it would be racist to say if Jewish people can't watch Kevin Bacon's movies, how did any producers ever? <laughs> because they're all Jewish. Uh. Um, anyway,
1: but you're also saying that all Jewish people don't eat pork, which is that They, not they true.
0: keep kosher. Right. Exactly. It's I, not true. I, I know. I understand. It's not like Oak I've Park. had Jewish friends. I've seen their Hanukkah bushes during Christmas. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know they don't, I know they don't all keep kosher. They don't all have sex with a hole in the sheet either. You know, that's a acidic thing. Anyway. So I guess I would recommend the movie. Like I said, I think it, it rests entirely upon the strength of the performances because I think it's a an underwritten film, uh, and I think it's a poorly structured film. I think all the exciting stuff happens at the beginning, and some of the exciting stuff happens at the end, and then we get a lot of oh, and they, they then they kiss in the middle. <laughs> I mean, like, but there's there's a little bit of. There is a little bit of interesting filmmaking going on with Gary Marshall, especially the scene at Thanksgiving when we get that that everything is like shot from plate point of view. Mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to imply that because they're supposed to have sex later that night, she feels small. She feels like a little girl. She feels not ready. She feels hmm. underdeveloped. I think that's what it's supposed to imply. We don't see her face at all we were literally in her point of view seeing everyone else and everything else is really big almost like she's a little kid i think that's kind of the the implication we're supposed to get that she Interesting. She, she feels she feels shrinking in this time
1: you're so good at like picking stuff apart in a movie like i i didn't get that impression at all mm. what i thought happened was that um, it was just feeling, like, rushed and impatient for the dinner to be over mm-hmm. because she wanted to go have sex, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that's better.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, she could be, yeah, because when she got there, I don't think she was rushing, because when she got there, she was, was like, yeah, I'm scared, though.
1: It hasn't I think it's it's interesting that they uh, they had the Joy of Sex book, and that they were reading it together and, like, planning how they're going to have sex and stuff, like, mm-hmm. ahead of time, and...
0: I'll, I'll do number four and number six. I don't not want to do number. Right. Yeah.
1: I think that was smart though. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that was way more mature than pretty much anybody would be about their first time.
0: Having sex. Well, I do think that they also, I do think that they must be close. If there's a, if it's a spectrum of, of mental retardation or, or developmental delay or whatever, like whatever they call it. Um, Mental handicap. I think they're closer to what you would consider "quote unquote" normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're closer to normal. Like at least she is, anyway. I think she, he might be a little more severe than her. She's closer to that than uh, than a lot of people are. She she does get uh, a seventy seven. She passes her class. Yeah, that's a great moment of triumph when uh, she um, she passes the class and she's all excited. And then he looks at his grade and he did not pass. Yeah. And it's like we get just crushed.
1: Yeah, it sucked. It was like they, they went to the dance. They were all excited to go to the dance. Mm. And um, then it gets ruined because she's so excited to go look at her grade. And it would have been fine if he hadn't failed. But yeah. like that just ruined their whole rest of their night.
0: Yeah, and so, like, I, I think, I guess the implication is that school's not for him, because it seems like he's not going back to school, that he's yeah. going to just find work.
1: Well, and he, I mean, he mentioned that, like, he was in high school until he got too old to go anymore and stuff, like, whereas she completed whatever mm-hmm. program she was in, so, yeah.
0: They're gonna just, they're gonna, the her parents are just gonna, I mean, he got lucky, like, he fell in love with a... A, a rich girl, A yeah. rich girl, yeah, <laughs> like... They're just going to take care of them because that's what I mean. They're paying for the apartment; like they'll live in an apartment that they, you know, the parents pay for and whatever. And like I, they'll have some kind of life, you know. It's that's I I, I think it will work I, as written. I think it'll work out for them okay. in real life. I I don't think it would, but sure. In in as written, I think it will.
1: But, yeah, I really I don't know. I just I enjoyed it the whole time. I know you had criticisms about pacing and all that, but. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel bad to me. I didn't feel at any time like the movie was dragging or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, I think um, I think there were it, there were things that I that didn't work for me necessarily, but on the whole, uh, especially because of the strength of the performances, I do think it works. You get the emotional roller coaster throughout the movie, and that's what you come to a movie like this for. It's movies about emotion. It's not about I big ideas or, you know, stuff like that. It's about human connection. And mm-hmm. y- usually in a movie, the strength of the human connection comes from one, the writing and two the performances and, yeah. and the performances carry the day in this one. I think
1: it was, yeah, definitely worth, uh, worth seeing for, yeah. if for no other reason than the acting. Yes.
0: But that was the episode. Kara wants to tell people where they can, uh, find the graduate.
1: You can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Check out our website at Mm www.retrolatefee.com and share the tapes with your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.